Hi, and welcome to Art and Logic's Minimum Viable Podcast. This week, we'll be talking about HVAC and the web application that Art and Logic developed for our client, Rhea Comfort. Okay, so I'm joined today by Stan and Sam, and they're from Art and Logic, and Rob Beach from Rhea Comfort. And Rob, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do at Rhea Comfort? Uh, okay. Um, like you said, my name is Rob Beach. I, uh, I'm a senior designer at RIA and, you know, our company manufactures, uh, duct components for HVAC, residential HVAC systems. And we also have a software component, which includes, uh, what we call RIA verify. And basically what it is, is a verification data gathering software for confirming that the designed uh, system is installed correctly. And what we've done is uh, enlisted Art and Logic to help us um, develop the front-end application and database, which makes it accessible to our clients who are required to complete the verification for the systems that they install. Um, So it's kind of a two-pronged thing that we provide. And uh, Art and Logic uh, has helped us develop the key uh, kind of software component of our system. The software helps them create this duct system so that conditioned air remains conditioned as it's passing through different parts of a house that perhaps aren't conditioned. Like if a room is unconditioned, is that how it works or? Yeah. Let me give you a little one-on-one on uh, HVAC real quick, especially uh, in the United States where we offer operate. Um, So we provide duct, uh, components, which means we have forced air systems. And one of the main things with air conditioning is you have to have the right amount of air that goes to the room. You know, if you have a room with really big windows in Phoenix, Arizona, you have to put quite a lot of air in there to keep it comfortable on the hottest day of the year. Um, so you have to design your duct system to take that into account. The designers themselves are you know, trying to assemble a a lot of information and they produce a design, but that's really only a, an estimate. What we do in the field after it's installed is we confirm it. And one, the main thing that we confirm is the airflow. So the airflow to each room has to be confirmed so that we can be certain the, uh, that we're going to have comfortable house. How is that airflow confirmed? I mean, what kinds of yeah, so the, so the app that we created together, I mean, it was sort of architected in collaboration with Art and Logic. Uh, you know, some of the technical underpinnings were done, you know, and recommended really by Art and Logic. And what happens is we take the measurements of all of the individual room airflows and that you put those into the application. You just kind of type them in and, uh, what the software does is it tells the user, you know, basically what to do with the balancing system that's integrated into RIA components. So um, it tells them where the balancing dampers need to be set according to those measurements they took and to the design that the engineer created. And it also facilitates logging that to a server so that we have sort of documented uh, verification of the performance of the system in a kind of simple set of measurements. Um, so that's the primary thing. The other component is really 
simply making that information accessible to the guy who's in the field. So, you know, it's a web application, which by its nature is available to any browser, basically anybody with an internet connection, uh, which, you know, these days is at your hip. Uh, you know, you, you are able to have the information you need in the field to confirm everything you need to confirm, you know, and, and our clients who are a combination of production home builders and contractors can see and feel certain that the homes that they've built and paid for are, and, you know, and sold to homeowners are going to, you know, meet the standards that they are sort of promising when they sell a house. So when you introduced or you started to develop this solution, is it something that the, were there already versions of this out there? Or is it something that you had to come up with on your own? Yeah, so I can give you a little bit of history, I guess. So we, this concept began roughly five, six years ago under funding by the Department of Energy. So there's an energy efficiency kind of component that's critical to what we're trying to do. Um, and it's also, we're casting a wide net. We're trying to serve the entire country. So the initial funding was by the DOE and it was set up a lot of the kind of foundational uh, modeling and uh, engineering process kind of stuff that was required for the system. In addition, out of that came the, the components themselves, or at least the very early versions of those um, that became the product that we're actually selling. Um, so the software component and kind of the math behind the balancing that were, you know, the airflow stuff, that was all done uh, under the Department of Energy. Um, after that phase, we entered into a, you know, a commercial agreement with uh, a Carrier to bring the technology to market. And through that process, we um, furthered the development of the components and the, and the engineering process. And currently, we are um, entering production phase. So after, after the relationship with Carrier uh, was completed, we entered into a, a venture which created RIA as a company. And we started um, manufacturing and developing the supply chain and all of the software development for the technology to bring it to market. Um, that's been going on for about two years now. And software development with Art and Logic, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Stan, began almost two years ago now. Yes, July 2019. I remember yeah, July 2019. Night. So we, the first kind of phase, we, we met you guys in person. You know, this was pre-COVID. We actually met face-to-face -face with uh, uh, Bob Bajoris and uh, Ben, actually. And the we went through a kind of workshop exercise to, you know, kind of map out the long-term plan and how we might really start it um, and make some of those simple decisions about, you know, how we're going to proceed and get this done over the next year or two, three plus years that we intended to develop this product. Um, and, and since then, we've gone through a couple of major phases. I, I guess you describe them right, Stan. It'd be a the first proof of concept phase, which was really um, getting it going and testing it in the hands of some real, real world examples as we were piloting our physical homes across the country. This proof of concept was uh, tested and kind of validated 
through those early prototypes. Now we've gone through an architecture kind of solidification to, uh, uh, with the key component being scalability. Um, really looking, you know, Art and Logic helped us uh, look at how we, with a lot of transactions happening every day, a lot of homes being built, how might we make it robust to handle that kind of activity? Uh, and they came forward with it. And also, I, I suppose another requirement was future-proofing it, looking at something that might be, you know, maintainable for a long lifespan. Um, so we chose the, you know, kind of, we went with the cloud, uh, you know, everybody's favorite buzzword, but there's actual real-world reasons you do it. Uh, we went with the AWS, uh, I guess you call it a, what's the technical term for that, Sam? AWS uh, ecosystem. Infrastructure, I guess. Ecosystem is fine. Yeah. All the IT stuff, trying to get rid of the, somewhat to somewhat some extent, get rid of the time and expense associated with conventional IT, I suppose. And for us being so small, we kind of, it, it allows us to start small, but also have the built-in ability to, to really grow as we grow. So um, Stan and Sam, can you talk, talk, tell us a little bit about what it was like when you, start, when you first looked at the project and how you went about tackling it or maybe figuring out the best strategy? Uh, sure. Um, the, the view that we uh, received about the project initially was this was a very new idea or set of ideas uh, that hadn't been done before. So there was a need for uh, a uh, proof of concept level of development um, to be accomplished in fairly short order um, to, to test out the ideas and validate uh, that they were their workability. But part of the vision here was a system that would ultimately grow to have a very large number of users involve uh, a large volume of construction nationwide. So we uh, wanted to keep in mind doing things in a way that um, wouldn't necessarily require a lot of, of rework that we could build on from the beginning. Uh, and um, as with all projects, uh, uh, budget is always a concern. So it's how do we use budget in a way that kind of balances those things out? And uh, you know, the results in any kind of a startup are always a bit unpredictable, but things out, worked out well in that regard, in that the POC was successful, and um, uh, ultimately we've been able to build on that earlier work that we've done, that we did in terms of uh, building a scalable system eventually. And uh, for me, that's a very exciting uh, uh, thing to be involved with. I enjoy the startup uh, mode personally very much. And uh, this was, uh, um, from, uh, from our logic's perspective, a very cool project to be involved with. Uh, Sam, you want to pick that up a little bit and sure. talk about things on your end? So yeah, early on, we went with some um, pretty well-supported, pretty popular frameworks. Uh, for the back end, we chose Django. You know, um, It's one of the most popular frameworks out there, and it's got a really good um, REST uh, API support. Um, and for the front end, we actually went with Nuxt, which is sort of an extension of Vue, Vue being another very popular uh, framework this time for the front end. And um, what's interesting about Nuxt is that it actually has built-in support for um, 
releasing as a uh, progressive web app or um, support for different types of uh, releases, I guess. So down the line, if we get to the point where we want to actually release this web app as an app on your phone, we have a point that we can launch from already. Maybe we should mention there, Sam, I think that is uh, the different types of views that we give people to uh, related to the data that's stored on the database. Um, we have a management portal, which is really primarily user and job management functions um, and kind of giving people access to the data that they need to get access to, things like that. Um, so the, the progressive web app is really handy because you can have different people looking at the same place from different perspectives and we can change what they're seeing. And it's that flexibility from being able to hook it up different ways is really good in the early going for <laughs> as we're trying to figure out exactly what we're trying to do. But also I think long-term as we, you know, integrate new features and things and perhaps even new audiences who might give, be given access. Yeah. So something else I might add to this thread is that um, in we dive very deeply into the various web services that are offered by AWS. And although our initial POC was successful, another aspect of this project that became very clear is that it would be an evolving thing that we would uh, be adding features on and responding to uh, the, uh, the input and the feedback from RIA's customers over time. And with any project, you're going to have some level of feature change, um, and it can be unpredictable. But this, it, it seemed very clear with this project that we should fully embrace the likelihood that feature, that feature changes would be um, many and potentially significant over a period of years. So a key reason that we dive deeply into um, AWS uh, infrastructure is that it provided us to set, uh, the ability to set up a, a smooth, um, what's called a CICD, continuous integration, continuous development pipeline, whereby we can very quickly set up um, deployments on a, a testing or a staging level to evaluate new features without a lot of manual setup and teardown time um, that makes the process of being able to respond to changes in the market uh, very quickly and, and relatively painlessly. You mentioned a, f you mentioned a few things there that I kind of want to follow up on. One of the first things was that earlier we talked, you talked about the fact that we started working, you start our company, Art and Logic, Art and Logic started working with Rio Comfort before the pandemic started, right? And then the pandemic hit, but some of what it, some of what the development of the project depended on was the ability to have it tested and then to have it adjusted. So how were you able to tackle the problem of testing by customers if it was ready to launch during the pandemic? The, the pandemic definitely threw a wrench in uh, our day-to-day -day plans when it comes to building houses. <laughs> and let's just say that was mixed in with the, the calamitous, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a non-swear word to use here. That <laughs> oh, you can swear if you need <laughs> to. <laughs> the shit show that is uh, home building right now, or the rest of the yeah. world, not you know, ex 
let's just say it's epic <clears throat> to use a term from our CEO. Um, so, you know, the, the challenges with, you know, social distancing and as we're trying to pilot coupled, you know, doubly slammed by the fact that people are buying homes at record levels or at least recent records. And it's kind of just total insanity, lumber prices, appliance availability, you name it, it's across the board. So launching in that environment, needless to say, was unexpected and uh, created some of its own unique challenges. <laughs> um, Art and Logic, by uh, default, was already working with us via Zoom calls. So from that standpoint, you know, we didn't have to make that transition. Um, everybody's sort of dispersed anyway. Our, right. our RIA group is also dispersed as we're operating nationally. Um, but I would say that having the ability to, to gather data in an easy and easy to learn manner um, is helping to facilitate getting, you know, this information out of our field, which spreads from, you know, Florida to Seattle. And uh, it's, it's starting to show its worth and just in the information we're able to get for every single home. I've also been wondering if it's been different for some of our developers or project managers to work with clients who are also working remotely now. What's interesting about uh, you know my perspective is that I only joined Art and Logic a couple of years ago, so this project HVAC Planner is by and large you know the largest chunk of time that I've spent at Art and Logic. So this sort of defines my relation with clients is that I'm typically working with them remotely. So all of our work that we do is based off of our clients' feedback and, you know, their responses and and their users' feedback. So for me, this hasn't really been a huge challenge. Um, you know, things didn't really change very much for me when uh, COVID happened. Except we probably would have invited you to, like, meet in person at some point. <laughs> Well, that Stan, can still happen. Stan's in San Diego, and I'm now in Phoenix, and we're about, what, a five-hour drive, Stan, and we still haven't actually met in person? Well, I've actually moved since then, but, yeah, we were... <laughs> where, where are you now? <laughs> we were close for a while. I'm in Florida, actually, now. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, See? There you go. I didn't anyway, even know that. Yeah. But uh, I, I was still in California for a good good while after you moved to Arizona, so... Yeah, there was that possibility. So, yeah, well, we'll you know, we'll meet up eventually. I'm sure. COVID yes, is finally unwinding. Yeah, do you find that it's already starting to affect your? I mean, um, a little bit. It's still it's still very much uh, the early days of recovery with respect to the supply chain. I would say we're young and flexible, and we have an innovative technology that's doing things a little differently. So. The, you know, our ability to, to grow with the re-emerging economy is probably an advantage um, that we enjoy. You know, counterintuitively, COVID has given us some positives in that respect. Um, everything's crazy, so what, why not just do something else crazy? <laughs> you, could say, you, could, you could say it's a hindrance to some extent because they're so busy, you know, that angle of things, but we're... We're still holding holding a good pattern, and while things have slowed down, we were you know the horizon is bright, and we think 
you know, where we're set up now, which was the intent with Art and Logic, is kind of set up for future success. Kind of we have a platform built where we can continue to solidify our ideas and try new things. You know, it's simultaneously a production and uh, in a test environment, which is one of the cool things about how it's been architected. Sam, can you share a little bit about your experience with working on this data and how you managed it? Um, sure, let's think about that. Uh, all right. You can talk so, about GraphQL a little yes, bit. Yes, actually, I was just about, I was, yeah. I was trying to think of how to approach that. Um, so early on, we weren't exactly sure how we were going to structure this data for RIA because um, early on, it wasn't very well defined how these different pieces of data would interact with each other. So um, after some research, we looked into it. We found this structure. It's well known. It's, uh, as Stan mentioned, GraphQL. Um, it allows us to have like a more um, flexible data model that can be applied to actually both of our applications, both the um, management portal and the RIA Verify app. And using GraphQL, it's really easy for us to make um, uh, API calls where we can pretty much grab anything that we need, you know, given the right permissions, of course. And uh, yeah, the data model has um, evolved quite dramatically over the, this period of time since we started. And thankfully, with GraphQL and um, Django migrations, it's been much easier to make those changes over time than it would have been with a more typical database and backend. So, so Rob, I was curious if you were familiar with a lot of the terms that come up when you're working with a company like Art and Logic, like when you're talking to Sam and or talking to Stan and the things like Nuxt and Django and API come up. Were those all familiar terms to you or was there well, some? I, I'll say that for myself, it's been a crash course in um, production software development. So we needed someone who knew the, knew the world. <laughs> and so there is a lot of terms and there's a lot of things to know. Um, and everything's very specific. It's a lot of jargon, right? So over the course of our relationship, you know, each, each iteration, uh, Stan produces excellent explainers and the rest of the team, uh, so that I can communicate to my, you know, my managers and things and our clients, what, what exactly is happening from a layman's perspective. Um, we had the higher level objectives for what we need to do and we're informed of these things. And I'm learning as the kind of project manager of this. Um, about all of these different technologies and uh, frameworks and structures and things, um, but it, I'm I'm sort of on a on a need to know, but I don't need to fully understand it. <laughs> kind of a, and I trust these guys to make the recommendations. And so far, we've been spot on. Were there any kinds of hurdles that you had to? overcome in terms of working together or understanding one another's one another so that we could understand your needs and like Sam could execute something that you needed for the web app? I would say the biggest challenge that we've had is simply making sure that we can communicate our longer term in intent and keep it all, keep it all, you know, 
align towards that goal. Um, however, I would say we've, you know, I'm biased, but I think we've excelled at keeping our keeping that in mind as we've grown the thing. Um, um, sometimes it's hard to, you know, to to keep, you know, keep focus on that and keep working towards that goal um, and not get distracted. Um, so I think we have pretty honest discussions about, you know, what's, what should we be doing? What should we be focusing on? And we each have our recommendate, you know, you guys recommend things and we, we have to kind of base our strategy on a quite an array of stuff, um, that we're accounting for. And I think just the, everything's growing in parallel, keeping that all so that we're not getting way as our CEO puts it out of the river um, and, and keeping our eye on the, on the target so that we can grow smartly and grow the right way. You know, I think that's something that we keep to the front of our minds almost as almost throughout. I don't know if you guys hear this directly yourselves, but I have been in several meetings where the relationship between Art and Logic and Ria comes up as an example of the ideal kind of working relationship where the client has, you know, very ex ex professional, very thorough knowledge of what they need and what they can do. And they trust us to be able to do what we're supposed to do. And it seems like the balance tends to work out well. Is that is that an accurate assessment? I mean, I've heard it several times, so I'd love to hear it from you guys directly. <laughs> I, I think it's been a great relationship. And um, I, I think this has been the best experience so far of all of the clients that I've worked with, actually. <laughs> Nice. So that I can use this whenever someone gives me a, are these guys a pain in the butt to work with uh, check? Um, the answer is uh, no. And that goes both ways. 